Hello and welcome to the Wolf Den Podcast, your home for competitive Digimon TCG discussion and news. I'm your host, Nako. This is my co-host, Sanitsu. And today we'll be talking about the recent ban announcement for the Digimon TCG, as well as the BT9 competitive landscape and what we expect to see in tournaments moving forward. So uh, I guess the easiest place to begin would be at the top, and we'll kind of work our way down uh, moving along, I guess, as we see fit. Um, so, beginning the discussion, Zenitsu, um, what deck do you think would be the most relevant, uh, moving into the BT9 landscape? Alphamon. Yeah, uh, I think everyone's already definitively is, I don't want to say high on their mind, but, like, they already respect and fear Alphamon the most, and with very good reason, uh, because he is one of the most consistent OTK decks that we currently have. And uh, he is just really good because he's a big stack deck that could actually keep his big stack compared to a lot of other decks where he doesn't have they don't have as much consistency and they don't have as much built in protection. Yeah, um, so I guess my beginning for discussing Alphamon would be that I did not realize until I had put it together, I, I built like a a hand jam proxy list to start playtesting. Uh, I have a decently large local event coming very soon into the meta. Um, and uh, in my practice with Alphamon, I found that you're never really looking for too, too many pieces. You're usually missing at most one or two pieces uh, from your OTK, from your combo. And the ability to kind of um, let the chips lie where they, you know, so to speak, um, is pretty heavy, um, because you can just raise out a level four, having a, like a Dextoru in hand, um, and just kind of start going up your chain, start gaining memory from Cool Boy, start drawing from Cool Boy, start gaining memory from Yuji, drawing from Yuji, I guess from raising specifically, but, um, and... That process just gives you so much memory and so many cards, and you're cycling and you're gaining memory with the dexes, and you pretty much can, even if you don't have all of your pieces, as long as you have most of the stages of the way there, you can find your way to your full line and then just win off of your full line in a single instance of raising. Well, you'd also have to like be skilled enough to determine the likelihood of finding your last bits and pieces, depending on what cards you've already seen and uh, what you currently have on the field. Because like you're not going to do that if you don't have like a cool boy setup or a Yuji setup or even a Coda setup just to have that three memory to start with. Um, so like it is a little bit more higher skill than people think on just the wise analysis of how you are going to be digging and what you're going to be digging for. I mean, I know we've said it before. Um, this game isn't gigabrain. You don't you don't need a thousand IQ to, to play this game, even at the highest level for most decks. Um, just, you know, an above average assessment of odds would be a good place to begin. But uh, so that, I guess, to your point, um, yeah, you just have to be aware of what you have seen and what you have not seen, because pretty much every card you are playing, every cool boy, every coda, 
uh, every rookie you're playing, if you're playing any rookies for their searching capabilities, um, will give you a spread of options. And those determinations um, are very crucial, especially uh, earlier on, I guess I would say, in, in the searching, because your highest value searches are the first ones um, as far as retention of information. And um, just understanding, again, what you're seeing, what you're not seeing, and the likelihood of you seeing what you need to see. And I think, like, even Grandis is kind of, like, playing into this. All OTK decks are playing into this, and that's, like, the intricacies of OTK in Digimon. Is, like, it's not as, like, yes, the, again, this goes back to just Digimon's overall design. The macros are really simple, but the micros are not. So, like, what you're searching with, like, the actual search tool, when you play it versus other search tools, and the statistical odds of, like getting the best possible outcome, that all kind of matters. Uh, like as an example, during our playtesting, when I was on Alphamon, it's just like, okay, I uh, obviously misplayed and I didn't search before I wanted to play a particular card. And we looked at the top. If I had searched, I would have had a higher chance of success. So like it's, it's those uh, you don't know, but mathematically you should kind of situation. And it's, as opposed to previously, I know there have been times where, oh, it's always best to search before whatever, and you kind of just have to come up with this hierarchy of efficient searching. So I guess starting from the, the deck's premier element as far as the OTK or Ryukin variant is concerned, which is primarily the, the one we're discussing, um, it has the ability to play... Uh, cool boy for two and reveal top three taking one of them and an option but the, the deck isn't run any of those um really doesn't most times um so you're just reveal top three take one so you're seeing three cards you're taking one for two memory and that is basically like kind of the reason in my mind if i had to staple a singular reason to it as why it is the best deck because no other deck competes with that. Uh, well, I mean, they do because they could also run Cool Boy, but they're, the the counterpoint is... The flexibility uh, isn't your, there. Yeah, yeah. well, they're not all X-Antibody Digimon That's what every I mean. other deck. Yeah, so, yeah. like, Green can run Cool Boy, but they can't pull every single car card that they would need from it, so they cannot necessarily... Like, they can't pull the promo... Um, Grand Kuwaga, because it's not an ex anybody. Which is to um one of its most relevant of, pieces. Yeah, which is to the benefit of uh Alphamon is he is the easily most consistent OTK deck. Because I was in BT8 playtesting with uh Red Ancient OTK and I was never finding what I was needing ever. And no matter how many times I was digging, I would always find the wrong piece at the wrong on the wrong searcher. And it just, it felt miserable and awful. And uh, that compared to Alphamon um, and his version of OTK, his is just way easier, way simpler, a lot more searching, a lot more drawing. Um, granted, it doesn't necessarily move the fastest at times if you're missing that one crucial piece, but uh, that's where like aggro decks actually have a space 
to fit into the format where like if you could just outspeed and out tempo um the x antibody list as they're just trying to do nothing but search then there's a high likelihood you're going to win but uh if you're moving slower than them and they're able to assemble their uh pieces then they basically just exode you to oblivion yeah um it is really kind of that um the crux of it they have the ability to search for any piece on any given search every single search they play could pull any one piece they're missing if they're missing their four their decks four their five their decks five the alpha the oriukin all of them are ex antibody all of them are black all of them are searchable with every searcher they play so they're never in a situation i guess the only sub search capabilities that they don't have is the least efficient searcher and at the bottom of the list of searching that they have is their on play rookies which um doru fails to find yuji and ryuda fails to find kota that is it but that's also those are plus ones not needed at all you don't need to plus one off your rookies and also you're kind of in a, a not a great spot if you're hard playing the rookies because uh, that is that is your least efficient search in the game, in your deck. I'm sorry, but um, so if you've already played all of your cool boys, all of your black mem boosts, all of your codas, and you still are missing some pieces, and you don't have some amount of UGs or cool boys already used to then raise and digivolve with to start cycling the pieces, then th that's where the deck technically does falter and it is weakest point. Which will happen. Um, Some amount of the time, Don't get me yes. wrong. The, the, the consistency is high, but that that is... The deck still, like all other decks, is prone to run into those situations where you just don't see your pieces. They could all be in security for all you know, and you just did all of this digging just to realize you were going to lose the game anyway. Or you chose one bad search because you were looking for one piece, and you thought that the statistics on finding the other that you didn't choose would be pretty high. And then you have to now cycle through your entire deck just to grab that one piece that you know is on the bottom, just because one could be in your security and one could be somewhere else if you were even running one. So like it, it still has its moments where it does not perform and you are just destined to lose. Um, but compared to all of the other OTK decks, it is the most consistent. Yeah, and which is what makes it the most dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my last, like, because there isn't too too much to explain for the deck. We could maybe do like a deeper dive further on. We just have too much to talk about today. Um, the last point I'd have, I'd have for Alpha or Yukon deck is that uh, fewer of the pieces are required than y you don't need to see all of the Exodia pieces, so to speak. You don't need to see the left ankle. Or, you know the right wrist you can just have um uh any rookie it really doesn't matter preferably doramon but uh the gain memory one but that's a single memory it's not going to kill you if you don't have it um then darugamon dex darugamon dorugramon dex dorugramon so the only ones you need are the the true four five any four, I guess, really. Though, if you're digivolving into decks from raising, that's very expensive, and you probably lose for that, or you're in a bad spot for that. Um, you just need a dex, a singular dex, either dex Doru or dex Doru Gray, and um, 
just so that you can utilize whatever, whatever amount of cool boys you have, you can then tap, gain memory, and draw from uh, at least once. And then, um, yeah, three, four, five, uh, and Alphamon, doesn't matter which one, depending on the situation, certain ones are better. Um, the easier one is the rare, because usually you're ditching Oryu with your um, dexes for memory. Just a tuck from trash, bringing it back effectively, um, nulling that thrown away card, and then as long as you have a second dex or a second uh, or a sex dorogram, sorry, as as a means of just three checks, two swings, is six security. That that's really all you need. You don't need Ori Yuken. Ori Yuken is obviously incredibly efficient if you do have that line, um, and. It's higher DP threshold and removal pieces. It, it's a great card for the deck. It is not required at all for the OTK by any means. Um, and then some amount of finisher if you really need to end it that that turn. If you haven't been able to chip beforehand, like it's it's not as tight no, as you're, people. You're use. not you're not chipping. You you almost will never want to well, chip because then it gives the opponent the possibility to be able to come back and respond because oh. I hit a tamer, cool, my rookie lives, but now I gave them a crucial part to what they need to like actually be able to pee on par tempo wise while I'm still trying to dig. You you in OTK decks you never want to chip. You're well, just going for your big combo and that's it. I guess that's true. So chip not being the correct terminology, just a rookie to swing with after alpha swings twice. Um, yeah, which is why commonly. a lot of people like Oryu, like Alpha Oryukin, because you just gain the memory to be able to hybrid. Like, mm -hmm. that's that's it. Yeah, if you found the one or two of Grumble, depending on how many you run. Um, the, uh, the other thing, I guess, is that the deck is not as opposed to aggro as... As we've seen in the past, I guess is I. This is I, my my single word of caution to people who've played. Oh yeah, whatever. I've played into Jessmon. I've played into Red uh, Ancient. I'm okay against OTK decks. I'll just beat their face in. But unlike those, um, all of these, like most of these searching tools that I've mentioned, also search from security or at least provide some substantial value from security. So if you can't actually kill them if you are chipping with some lower level threats and you give them a coda a ug a cool boy even just a black mem boost that they're not searching with they're just gaining to memory from that's a bad place to be which is what like the which is why a lot of other decks just want to otk because like okay you could have all of those but if i kill you yeah it doesn't do matter. they actually matter mm-hmm uh, and because of the way these OTK decks are structured, they run very little actual defensive security options. So if you are just playing like a normal humdi dum uh, average um, tempo deck, um, and you are trying to, like, because you have to win the game and you don't have an absurd amount of damage output, you do have to attack into them, that's playing more towards the OTK's favor because it's like, oh, now... Um, I'm getting value off of your swings. You're not killing me. You're putting me closer to being able to kill you. Um, and that's kind of like the crux of um, how the format is warping around these OTKs because like, even though, like I said, the security threats aren't super high, uh, certain decks kind of 
do have some really high value security threats. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but because the average security is actually pretty weak, uh, it just heavily incentivizes these big um, turns where you're just beating them all in one go. Uh, and we saw like blue hybrids have very good success at that, where they just, again, gain a butt ton of tempo and then just use all of the memory to basically just hybrid swing, hybrid swing. And, it was, and that was their OTK. Like we've kind of had the style of play emerging for a while and like decks starting to do well with it. Um, but, uh, now it has come to full fruition, um, on how an OTK format kind of is playing like. So, uh, moving on to the next most relevant deck, um, it, it is kind of a tie in my mind, not having not seen them in, in true full fashion as, as often as I'd like, um, I would put green and Green uh, X Antibody, Green Grand Kawaga, and Blue Melga X Antibody in kind of the same category as far as not alpha, but still very strong, very meta-relevant OTK decks. Um, I'm significantly more familiar with Green. I know you're more familiar with Blue, at least, than I am. Which would you like to begin with? Um, Blue, because I freaking love this deck. Sure, go ahead. Um, I kind of played I kind of played an iteration of it all the way back in BT5 uh, when we had the Sagittarius mode. You're essentially just trying to abuse the promo where Gururmon in as much capacity as you possibly can because that card is just that good. Um, so he himself can swing twice. Um, and then on the second swing is usually where you're going to use X antibody, the option that you shoved underneath. To then digivolve into uh, Guru X, uh, or where Guru X, and then unsuspend, get another swing, and then you're going to digivolve for super cheap into um, the uh, classic collection Metal Guru because he reduces his cost essentially by the amount of cards in your hand. And then you're going to go from that to another quick and easy Melga X to unsuspend and get another swing. All the while, you're getting extra security checks. For each swing that isn't with your um, promo, uh, just because the promo will give him them all security attack plus, so you could easily just rack up a lot of uh, memory just because you're blue. You're already super draw heavy and efficient and memory efficient, and now the only thing that you're missing to the pieces of the, of the puzzle is the survivability, which the X antibody lines want to add anyway. So the Guru X's basically give you pseudo jamming once, which usually is all you need, uh, especially with how low the security threats actually are for your average deck, especially OTK-based decks. You're going to be very safe swinging most of the time, which is the ironic part. Um, another relevant point, too, just going over like the, the lists in my mind, um, the Gururumon promo, uh, the level 4, uh, has the inheritable when attacking if this Digimon has Garurumon in its name draw one uh it's not limit once per turn so you're nope. getting so if you're insane three, value off times, of that card yeah you're swinging three four times you're drawing three four cards that card is so good um as well as uh the deck has some of its own dedicated searchers um not as proliferous prolifer nah, that's not a word um not as relevant lucrative, lucrative. sure that's a word um but 
Uh, you have the actual, like, the BT5 on play Gabumon that you can run that searches for Ga or Garurus and Omnis, but you're not going to find any Omnis. And then you have the Gabu X. Uh, well, you still want to run Omni as the finisher. Yeah. In, in case you just don't have enough attacks to finish it anyway. Like, Omni can, there's no, just the no reason not to run Blitz Omni, yeah. Um, right. But uh, Gabu X being a Digivolve for zero or on play for three, reveal top three, add one X antibody and uh, one Garuru or Omni. So, again, pretty uh, efficient searching in that regard. It's seeing fewer cards, but it's drawing more cards. Uh, so, you're at least you're getting more value out of the fewer searching you have. Um, as you well have as Davis. you have Davis, who draws you one card every time because you're not running green. And um, you have blue mem boost, but everyone has mem boost and men. Um, I think so. Yeah, those are the primary searchers. Um, you could run Cool Boy if you really wanted to, just because the transaction from going using your X antibody is like the ideal situation. So Cool Boy's not bad. It's just his searching is less relevant uh, because you're running not as many X antibodies as some of as well Alphamon. Um, yeah, it's not but all of them. It still so, helps. It's always lower than Alphamon because it's not all of them. <laughs> right. Um, but he he can still help so like you still do have some decent alternative searches um yeah i haven't seen the deck just has lots of memory gain and lots of drawing which is what i like doing anyway especially i love turning cards sideways multiple times like to me that that's my high yeah uh it it can utilize the full suite and and does utilize the full suite of x antibody so at each uh step threshold so you are running a decent amount of X antibodies, and as long as you are aware of what pieces you're missing um, and what you're okay with potentially whiffing on, uh, tucking a Blitz Omni to bottom or tucking um, a regular wear or a regular regular Metal Garurumon to the bottom, then you can go ahead and use Cool Boy, but definitely be measured in doing so. Um, obviously, you wouldn't run four; probably run fewer of them. Um, yeah, like probably three or two at most. So, uh, but really, you're it's Gabu and Blue Mem Boost. I know, um, I don't remember exactly where I heard it, but like it was just someone saying that like if you're running less than four Blue Mem Boost, you're trolling because you just run so fewer searchers. You need all, access to all of the potential best searcher you have in the form of Blue Mem Boost. Or at least the yeah, most like, efficient as far as it can pull anything. Like, it is it is still kind of an OTK deck at heart. So, like, any OTK deck just wants as much searching as you possibly can. And that's, again, leaning into why security is actually weaker in your average deck. Because a lot of these X-Antibody-based decks basically are, are OTK decks. So, they're going to have really weak security, which makes OTKing, like, okay, if they're going to OTK me, they're going to OTK me. I'm going to die anyway. Um, and that's just like the, I don't want to say the magic, but that's, that's the trade-off to how this format is developing or has developed in Japan where we're picking up the pieces. Yeah. Just the idea that your deck is full of mostly searchers, um, searcher options, tamers, and just general Digimon that the decks run a fairly healthy suite of lower level Digimon. So unless you're hitting a level six or level seven, you're probably just not going to die to security, and even then, 
all the OTK decks are swinging at fairly high DP thresholds with some amount of protection to them inherently. So they really just don't care 95% of the time. Right. Like OTK decks, as unhealthy as this is going to sound, the whole point is to take away as much interaction as you humanly possibly can and then just make your big power play and win the game. Like that, that is it. Um, and uh, Grand Kawagamon, um, the next deck, is mm -hmm. another example of this. So take it away, Nako. So yeah, um, as the resident, I played green once, uh, player, who now shits on green because I really wish it was better. Uh, green's good again. Look at that. Um, so it's searching isn't as great, just like blue. It's, um, its best search is also its level 3x anybody. Um, on play or when digivolving, uh, Kokuwamon X Antibody, reveal top three, add a Digimon with Insectoid or Machine, and add one X Antibody option card. Uh, do you think they run the X Antibody option card? I'm not sure. Um, uh, yes, they do. Just because you want to attack with uh, Kawagamon and then just use that attack to go into Grandis. And that's how, like, that's yeah. how Grandis actually wants you to use his redirect ability. Uh, because you can give him piercing now with the promo. Yep. So. Uh, that makes sense. So, because I, I was at least debating that in my mind. Um, they also have a full suite of X antibodies to use. I think. I think they use the actual BT9 Okuomon X antibody. They, they they don't use their four, level four X antibody. They so they actually four? don't okay. run their full suite because it already it's has literally piercing, just right. Or they don't... Yeah, it's it's their level three, their level five, and their level and then six. Promo five. Yeah, and then they have promo five. So they have two different Okuamon X antibodies. Well, um, Okuamon X antibody. The level five promo is not an X antibody. It oh. is just Okuamon. Oh, I'm getting them confused. Then yeah, that's my bad. Um, yeah, should have had Although it. Although that card me. is so good, though. Yeah, it's, so it's just regular Okuamon, but you use it in combination with the Okuamon X antibody. Um, yeah, it is your piercing that you no longer need from your level four, which is why they don't run it. I'm glad I now I'm reading the card again. Um, as well as, uh, it is the like half, uh, ice wall as some people have really kind of called it. And it at least does an amount to dampen the ability of your opponent to OTK, um, it's really just good against blue and kind of nothing else because most of the other OTK decks are literally swinging once, maybe twice to deal all of their security. So it's just like, okay, it really mostly just matters against blue and go wide decks. Um, outside of that, you're just using it for the evolution where you get a suspended Digimon. Oh, hey, look, your Digimon suspended trigger. I gain a memory now, even though it's worded, they lose the memory. So it's better than you gaining the memory. Um, so I, I guess my counterpoint being is that um, one of Alphamon's benefits is that it can play fairly close to the line as far as um, when it spends memory, when it gains memory. It, it doesn't always have 100% control over that fact, and paying an additional two memory to execute its combo, um, especially if it hasn't found Oriyukin for some reason, is probably enough. At least enough to where you don't lose whereas otherwise you would lose because potentially the second alpha swing is one too many um but it, it's still it's a really thin margin of of safety it's just something it's better than nothing yeah it, 
it's something like you're already playing it so it's like just you're playing it more so for the piercing and the okua factor uh just because the other okuamon while it does evo for two and make it really tempo efficient the inheritable ability just is not relevant yeah i'm sorry it's not yeah so um that is for but so the actual uh like true strengths at least regardless of like the specific new cards um one of the uh, hidden strengths of the deck and why it's so powerful is that um, Digiburst as a mechanic has always been limited by the number of cards you can shove into a stack. And with X anybody, oh look, you can have twice as many, twice as many security checks or twice as many cards to Digiburst with to security check with, which is always great in a deck that cares about swinging with a big stack. And it also lose because of how it's gaining the security attack. If it somehow loses even more inheritables, it's less relevant because you already threw them all away anyway. Mm -hmm. So against uh, like the best control deck, which we'll get into a moment, being Bellstar, um, one of their tech options is Howling Crusher, and it just strips all of the inheritable sources. Against something like Alphamon, that's absolutely devastating. That's break backbreaking. Uh, Gurumon, a little bit less. You just lose uh, some extra damage, but you, you still can do all of your attack-based shenanigans, which is the cool part. Um, but yeah, like against um, Grandis, that card does like absolutely nothing. Hmm. Um, yeah, it it develops an interesting situation. Um, but yeah, the actual like Grandis themselves. Um, so you're using the X antibody option card. You're swinging. Uh, when digivolving, suspending an opponent's Digimon, and then if this Digimon is attacking, which it is, switch the target to an opponent's meta Digimon. You have piercing because of the promo. Um, you gain 4,000 DP for fun, I guess. So you're giant, and you're never going to die to security out, like DP-wise. Um, and then end of attack, once per turn, if it has a Grand Kawaga in its sources, spend an opponent's Digimon, and so just you swing twice. Uh, though, Grandis... Um, Due to the fact that Grand Kuwaga has so many sources, you're usually at a point where you swing once, blow out the stack, and then just swing for game. Yep, just because the second swing is is the lethal swing. Away. Yep. Um, so that is the magic to Grandis uh, versus a lot of the other OTK decks. They just don't like you have to get really lucky with Alphamon and see all of your Doru Grays in order to do that. Otherwise, you're just not. Um, and same thing with Garurumon, you're making so many attacks anyway that, like, something could still easily go wrong mid-combat on any one of those attacks. So, Grand Kuwagamon just has that benefit versus the others, where he just blows out the whole stack, doesn't care, unsuspends himself, swings for game. Um, and just because I was, like, piecing together, uh, components to deck and I don't want to miss it, um, not so irrelevant mention of the grandest deck is since it runs Mimi as its memory tamer there's always the opportunity to tap the Mimi and gain an extra draw from the uh, egg you can hatch um, and then always have and that additional rookie ready cocked for the next turn if there is one or if you have two Mimis then you oh, just yeah, true. Uh, you could just do pull a full, it out you just do a full one you just, you just do a out. full breeding phase, pull it out, and then swing for game anyway. So, like, so... Mimi is absolutely really good in that style of deck. Uh, the other thing that you could do with Grandis is uh, adopt Hero. The memory, the DP doesn't matter. The memory is just as good as Mimi because they're both memory fixers. And then you just run a delicate plan just for the extra safety that ensures nothing will go wrong, like, period. 
Um, so I I don't I don't think we really mentioned it with uh Melga, but uh, Grandis is a uh weakness is that it does not have uh, protection from anything. I guess uh it so uh if you're running the promo palbon, which you don't necessarily need because you're already massive, uh you will give yourself or something else jamming. Um, and Yokomon will give you some amount of additional DP, but you are are still weak to the suspects of security. You don't have anything without a delicate plan to protect yourself from that, so more traditional means of removal will just get rid of Grandis, as opposed to Alphamon, who has cannot be DP reduced, cannot be um, destroyed by card effects, which is 90% of removal. Again, Hal or Howling Crusher being the soul exception or um it being sent to your hand with kakaitis breath um so or d-digivolved or d-digivolved with ultimate flare or something like that so while there are still are means of removal like each deck has its own kind of unique weakness to removal there isn't really a commonality um which i think forms at least an interesting uh tech situation whereas um most otk decks aren't teching against each other necessarily they're just kind of investing in doing their own thing better than their opponent but the any deck that's kind of outside the otk sphere which is everything else we're kind of going to talk about um is adapting its tech to these three cards but they have to really choose rock paper or scissors there isn't exactly one answer that answers all of them, as far as removal uh, types. Unless you're Bellastar, which has almost all of them. Well, it which runs is why Bellastar... different ones, but it, yes, it, it has just has yeah. the capability of running rock, paper, and scissors. Yes. So, but yeah. So, shying one, away from uh, OTK decks, uh, Bellastar. Mm -hmm. um, with uh, one thing we kind of didn't mention is right now, as of the recording of this uh, podcast... Uh, we did get a Bannon limitation announcement where um, Jet Silphy limited to one and Tommy Himi limited to one. So that really reduces the playability, so to speak, of yellow and blue hybrids. I don't think it actually kills the decks. Uh, it puts them into an adapt or die situation. Most people would rather have them die, but there are some people who are like, hey, this is still good. I could adapt this to the current meta. Um and uh, as a result, that type of mentality leaves Bellastar to be the best premier control deck because it, like you just said, has the ability to run rock, paper, and scissors. Um, whether it sees them is to be determined, but uh, yeah, Bellastar always was that like super tech-heavy deck, um, and now this is a format where tech-heavy stuff kind of matters, uh, especially security threats, which... You have a slew of options that will remove the opponent's Digimon in various different ways, uh, which makes her very, very good. Yeah. Um, Bellstar, at least as far as a from a control standpoint, uh, has some decent weaknesses that have been exploited in the past that aren't necessarily as relevant now. Um, or at least, or, or yeah, not as relevant against the the, the premier threats, um, because. Bellastar's inability to recover, um, it, it being a control deck with only five security, usually put it out of the running for, you know, control control deck, only because 
security control and yellow hybrids could just have more. And um, even though Bellstar was in a great position later in the game when you could just slam and recur uh, Bellstars for pretty much no value, or pretty much no cost, um, for insane value, um, earlier on they would struggle and be behind, and depending on how uh, the how aggressive the other decks could be, you could get you could push Bellstar down to the point where they were basically like one or two poor swings or missed hits for them to be out of the game. Um, now with almost all security checks happening in a single instance, in a single swing, or over the course of one turn, that is less relevant because okay, you just kind of have to say I have five cards here. As long as one of them is the correct tool for the correct deck that I'm dealing with, if I flip a Howling Crusher, even if it's the fourth card, I probably win. Um, and if it's the first card, I definitely win versus Alphamon. Or if I'm versing Grandis and the first card is... It's actually... Gaia Force. I was going to say just... Or, no, not Gaia Force. Uh, not Gaia it Force. is their... Happy um, Bullet? Fly Bullet. Yeah. Yeah, Fly Bullet. Or Happy Bullet. Because yeah. usually Grandis will only have just Grandis. Yeah, it's just the so, one on field. So Yeah, and then uh, you also have Kakaitis Breath in case they do have protection against mm -hmm. being deleted. So, because uh, Kyoshiro, the new uh, blue memory fixer, um, he's actually really good for the deck, not only acting as the blue source to actually play said blue options, but uh, he's also drawing you cards when your bell stars attacking, and one of the deck's big weaknesses is it does sometimes just run out of steam. Um, the whole gimmick is to loop Bellstar, but like you still need to see cards. And if especially if your like engine pieces aren't going off because they're not dying to security, uh, because your scatter mode just happens to have jamming four times in a row. Um, yeah, uh, having Kyoshiro to help you draw cards on your Bellstar or even your Dexmon is super valuable. Um, this deck also has easy access at Dexmon because you could digivolve it on top of Bellstar. Or you could just hard play it for them having a wide field of tamers, which um, a lot of decks still kind of do, just because they're using their tamers to still kind of search and set up. Yeah, I was a little hesitant about the just mass inclusion of Dexmon Index until I had played against Alphamon a few times, and it is not uncommon for them to have more tamers. It, they're, all their tamers are so cheap. So it's, you know, two UG, two Cool Boy, and a Coda. And you have a pretty much free Dexmon um, that you can jam down. Though, I guess the downside being that it doesn't stop Alphamon from doing Alphamon things. Alphamon still just does whatever it wants to do. And as long as it wins on that turn, it never matters. It, it does help against other matchups, though, which is yeah. why you run it. Because it's still just an incredibly good card. Yeah, it's still it's still fantastic, and especially in any deck that you can digivolve into it, um, it's almost a must include, um, and it will be for the foreseeable future. Assuming that the so we we talked about the August first changes to um, the North American meta, at least that'll impact us immediately. Not a hundred percent sure, eighty percent sure though that um, they did say there will be another announcement, probably for cards that aren't out in North America yet that are like more aimed at the uh, current JP meta. 
So it was it was their announcement that said North Americans will get stuff first, and then other stuff will get theirs later. I so believe. that does imply two waves, right? Uh, yes. And and I guess there are cards in Japan that could potentially see hits. Um, I'm not really one to speculate that. I'm not as aware of the current day-to-day JP meta. Um, but as far as just the yellow and the blue getting hit, um, little upset the yellow got hit only because I play it and was planning on playing it for the foreseeable future, I guess. But that's literally why it got hit was because it was what I was planning on playing for the foreseeable future. Um, and blue, Tommy, as basically probably my favorite card from that set, it is it is way too good. <laughs> so, so, so good. And frustrating. Yeah, so... And frustrating. I'm glad they mentioned that in the post, that um, it was obnoxious that you could just strip and stun in a single card. Yes. Um... So, looking at their Twitter post slash announcement, they, it, it reads the following. We are planning to announce updates for ban and restrictions on the Digimon card game in mid-August 2022. We will notify you again via Twitter the day of the announcement. Uh, we will announce the, the details uh, and details of enforcement starting on the official website. For some cards, the English version will enforce them first. So, this pre-announcement or wave one is the english stuff that they are enforcing first so there is more to come mid-august and uh there's some decent speculation uh one of them that's going to definitely affect um the future of our uh english format would probably be the likelihood of uh sunrise buster um eh, i don't know like i can but it, it all sunrise depends buster. on what they actually ban uh slash limit yeah um yeah we'll probably dig more into that at least for like the speculation side in the future um so as far as so, i guess bl star i think i'm like we're decently wrapped on that on the top four yeah because i think those are just going to be the top four decks people that are on people's minds that they're more cognitively aware of um i think less so metal guru just because i think green players just really want something green to play and blue's just always been at the top of the meta so it's like okay whatever another blue deck is good so um but yellow hybrids um used to be in that upper sphere but now with that restriction it no longer is in that same exact spot yeah yellow hybrids is kind of floating right now um i've been struggling recently especially because i think i mentioned i i have a fairly relevant it's a, just a store championship like the first weekend of um bt9 like so cards come out technically on friday officially um i have some from a pre-release and then uh they're legal or the tournament's that sunday so i have two days of bt9 to come up with a bt9 store championship to potentially qualify for nationals um but just at least referencing uh our data from bt8 ex2 uh, we're entering the, like, generality zone, uh, not necessarily because these decks are that, um, less powerful, realistically, like, um, there's a, there could be a lot of movement in this space, but just, if you look outside the top four decks, you go from 14 toppings to five, and then from five to four to three to two to one, it, it just kind of, it's a very tight, 
you're, you're not really winning much outside of your top three or four decks, just because people really do kind of tend to play meta decks, and in their mind, there are only so many truly in competition. I think Bielstar will probably fill into that fourth category. Um, I'm not 100% confident on that, because it would really depend upon uh, natural transitions. So, I guess, not directly referencing like the decks that are being played, but just transition between formats in general, right? Um, I'm of the mind that people play primarily for style of deck, more so than color or exactly what that deck is, but they also still lean heavily towards color identity, even if the colors aren't as identified in this card game as they are in some others. Um, so I don't necessarily see a blue hybrid or imperial player switching to like bl star control necessarily like that's just so out of their like what they have been playing and what they like playing yeah and that's kind of like i like i said i gravitate towards multi-swinging aggro based decks um and that's kind of why i really liked imperial and metal guru is basically doing that similar style of thing where i'm just moving out of raising and then just multi-attacking a whole bunch of times, digivolving on the way up, playing my cards super cheap and efficiently. Like, that's just what I enjoy. So when I try to play something like Alphamon, I suck at it. I hate playing Alphamon. Um, but, like, I do it because I want to understand what the deck is doing in the possible play lines. I'm just not the most efficient because it is outside of my comfort zone. So I could be, if I was in the right mindset and right type of player optimizing a lot of my plays but i'm not because i'm a blue player um and i just like attacking a lot versus waiting and waiting and waiting and then i get to attack twice and then i win the game yeah um not necessarily like bringing it up as a topic of discussion just because it, it is a decent bit removed from what we're talking about but um the only otk form or the only otk deck realistically so red metal relevant moving forward has been uh, red Ancient, Red Hybrid, um, and that deck hasn't been mentioned only because it just doesn't do what all of these new decks are doing in, in any way. It, it was mostly very much a high roll. You kind of just have to see your pieces. You don't have too many specific means of seeing them, and uh, I guess why I bring it up at all is just because those players are now going to be cast to the wind or at least have the free reign to choose from a host of alternative OTK decks that do what they like to do, but better. So right, they could I move was from playing... like red to green or red to black. I think green would probably be a little bit more aligned with their style, but not necessarily. I mean, they're all OTK decks at the end of the day. You you build up your big stack, you do your thingy, and then you win the game. Like it, it is just. I don't want to say it is just that simple, but like for that style of player. That's all that they're looking to do. They're just looking to hide their Digimon, search a whole bunch, and then move their Digimon out, and then win the game the turn that they move out. And that's what uh, Ancient did before. Um, and now that we have better search tools for better, for arguably better decks, um, those players would just get to pick and choose their other flavor that they want to transition to because they already built up those skills um, to try to optimize their searching through a deck that's less efficient at searching. 
Mm. So, um, following these natural progressions, so the yellow hybrid players, I guess, like myself, I'm not really sure where we lie. Um, definitely not a, a like spokesperson for the player archetype, but please don't play security control, because uh, I don't want you to hate yourself more than I would hate you. Um, and but I like BL star kind of makes sense um it doesn't really do the same thing uh it you're really there there's really is no true replacement as far as like exactly what the deck did and what the deck wants to do besides just trying to make it work still um i'm still working on that i have some ideas floating around as far as replacements and there have been people have put lists forward that uh, I don't 100% disagree with as far as... Because um, you could basically just replace the cards that needed to be replaced, that being the three copies of Jet Sylphie, and run what was functionally a BT9 yellow hybrid deck, just minus three Jet Sylphie plus three of something else. Um, and if you make that only that one change, it's not a terrible deck. Um, it's worse. Oh, don't get me wrong, it is worse. Jet Sylphie was a fantastic card that probably well, yeah, need to be restricted <laughs> yeah because it because it moved too fast and uh the unrestricted heal was just too much mm -hmm. yeah like so um that being said um there are other decks in the format to transition i guess this would probably be our like a control player's best opportunity because well the current format does look kind of bleak as far as trying to come up with a creative solution to the OTK meta while not being an OTK deck that just does their job, does what the opponent tries to do, but better or faster. Um, and also not getting unlucky because uh, usually the uh, these OTK decks don't necessarily run um, any security bombs, but it's not zero. Um, trying to think, I guess, like, it would mostly just come and play uh, as far as seeing pieces when you need to see them, as far as forcing your opponent to act, because if I don't raise this turn, I'm going to lose. My opponent raised last turn, and kind of, you know, it, it's asking a question, and if they have a proper response, then you lose. Um, though I guess if they're raising and not winning, then they're asking a very risky question, um, maybe to force a half-ass response there's there is a a lot of nuance to a very simple interaction and uh it's something that while you know the the easiest generality would make is like oh like he got luckier like he otk'd me before i otk'd him it's but it's not usually going to be out of your control as far as what you're seeing and when um as far as the flexibility of searching, when to raise, when not to raise, uh, and and there will be still a decent amount of luck though, as far as um, even who's going first, honestly. I mean, to boil it down, if you're not an OTK deck, you just have to outrace them. Like that, that is it. Like you could try to come up with a control method uh, outside of Bellstar and security control. I don't think right now we have the tools to make that work because of just all of the 
Digimon to Digimon interactions that OTK decks are removing. So the best way to, in my perspective, play both blue and yellow hybrids is basically play it the way hybrids want to be played. You're building your board of tamers, again, adding that uninteractive elements that the opponent can't really do deal with, but they're not trying to deal with it anyway because they're trying to do their own thing. Um, and then you just gain so much memory and so much tempo that you basically form your own pseudo OTK that is actually faster than the opponents. Like if you just are able to chip them a couple of times, get lucky on your swings, um, it's not uncommon to start your turn at like six, seven, eight memory. And then you just go hybrid swing, hybrid swing, hybrid swing. And then next thing you know, they lose the game. And I think like the deck wants to like more specifically yellow hybrids um, wants to transition into the rise stuff to actually add that extra aggression. And then on your top end, you have either red rise from BT4 for even more aggression if you really are feeling frisky, or you play it safe and just run uh, your classic Sakuyamon to turn off three security checks off of the opponent raising, or just another recovery Ofani, um, like fall down. And then, like, your cards are still extra aggressive because of the ideally yellow rise, because you'll have a field of wide tamers, and it'll just have security attack plus. So, like, it's just, you need to pressure the opponent um, so much that you ask them, do you have this now, or you're going to lose? Um, and blue hybrids is in a very similar style of fashion. Um, even without Tommy, like, if they're not playing Digimon, Tommy just actually doesn't matter anymore. Um, and you're just trying to have something to be able to gain a lot of memory. So you could transition and customize the deck because Blue Hybrids is the deck that actually has the most hybrid tools to be able to customize it to whatever it needs to do. So you could add in the Leomon stuff if you really wanted to. You could add in the Magna Guru stuff if you really wanted to. Like you have other outs. And I think like these more in quotation marks low to the ground aggro style of deck that also just happens to gain lots of resources is still relatively strong. Um, so I don't want to reach too far here. Uh, I'm going to try and make some connections that are, are very loose here, but you know, to the five of you that get it, hopefully if I can, uh, state it clearly enough, then it should mean something as far as the understanding of the metagame and what it means. Um, I think on paper, at a, a very simple overview of the meta, as I mentioned before, people will cite luck or whatever, and um, I played tennis in high school for a brief spell, and the one thing that was um, a natural evolution of, of actually learning to play better was the difference between a forced and an unforced error, and I think... The OT OTK deck that relies upon unforced error is the one that loses less, loses more often, wins less frequently. Uh, the idea being, I play my cards perfectly, like solitaire-wise, like, like agnostic of what you're doing. I'm just going to play my cards, play my OTK, and almost put a blinder up to the opponent's side of the board outside of them trying to actually win the game. And... But the, the forced error component comes into play as far as, again, like risk assessment um, and, and how close to that line of accurate risk assessment you can get to of I may not have my perfect combo, but 
but I sure as hell know that what I have is better than his. So even if I raise and I don't necessarily win the game, I can, you know, uh, scatter the cards to the wind, so to speak, and I maybe put him down to one security and then pass turn, and then he raises and has to deal with my Digimon and do something else, and he may not be able to directly deal with my Digimon, especially in the case of Alphamon, which is probably why it's, uh, you know, the, the better, one of the other reasons why it's the better OTK deck is I raise, I do an amount of damage, but I sure as hell am winning next turn. So I'm, you have to make it so that I don't win next turn, and I'm going to make that as hard for you as possible. And that's where, like, the forced error comes into play and in how I'm going to put you out of your comfort zone. I'm going to force you to pick your head up off of your side of the board, off of your cards, and what you exactly want to do per, a, like, a solitaire, perfect game space idea and force you to play incorrectly or to overextend and then put myself in a position to win the game, even if I didn't necessarily... Like, because if I just wait for one of us to see our pieces first, I don't necessarily win. That makes any sense. It kind of does, uh, at least to to me, um, because like it's kind of why I like these more low to the ground aggressive style of decks is uh, because it does force these OTK decks to be able to respond, and if they don't, then they just lose. Uh, and one of the better decks that does that is actually uh, Magnamon, uh, and the armor deck. Um, mm like magna x is insane for turning off most otks um just because he could redirect the attack oh hey look now i redirected the attack oh i died except jk i didn't die uh i basically ddg evolved myself while recovering my magna um into ideally another magna that has blocker so now i can deal with a second incoming attack um at my security on top of now me having more security so like it's a it's a really good deck to use, especially because a lot of your cards are just literally level fours. You're swinging most of the time with level fours with armor. Um, and that's still just really good. And that's why um, in Japan, towards the later half of the format, uh, Commandramon was actually doing really well. Uh, the only realistic new card that they got uh, in BT7 is just Dexmon. And sometimes just hard slamming a Dexmon is good enough to apply lots of pressure onto the opponent to do something. On top of you just literally doing the same exact game plan you've done since BT4. Just play Commandramon, swing, chip, uh, build up your trash, and then end the game with a Darkdramon. Like, these are still very good decks to use. And even like the DNA decks of last set, Mastemon and um, uh, Imperial, like, they're still very aggressive and very uh, powerful decks. Like, if I turn one hard play a uh, Gatomon and you don't have a response for that Gatomon, I'm feeling very good about my future turns. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just like, I guess, with every um, natural evolution between sets, there usually is a power escalation of some kind. Not so much power creep, I wouldn't really call that that, but um, the scope changes. Uh, the defined threats change and with that um so while slamming a gato and um you're kind of requiring a response from your opponent um not necessarily because um so it's it's going to become the new annoyance of this set at least because uh this is just like 
my my threat assessment and my answer to kind of like you know how I shit on cards, how I value cards is in common scenarios that you're going to see, and so the unfortunate problem and, and again why it's the king of the format is Alpha or Ryukin, specifically with the rare Alphamon, which I actually thought was garbage was was announced. So I was like, oh, it's a budget alternative to the secret option, I guess, because they're making a whole new Alpha archetype with this Alpha like justy weird package that just like cares about Alphamon, but you're not going to use that. You're just going to use the X antibody. Like I thought it, there was trying to include an Alphamon for budget players in mind, but for the Oryu OTK combo, very relevant because that single instance of D Digivolve, whilst while also D Digi or Digivolving from or tucking from trash, that interaction is so uniquely tuned for the OTK. It's not even funny because it solves a lot of problems. Okay. Wow, Magna X is a great card. Unless it's not Magna X, and then it doesn't matter, because now you have to make sure that A, it's not sideways, because if you D-Digivolve a sideways Magna X, you can no longer redirect the attack. It doesn't have blocker while sideways anymore. Um, so it no longer matters. It's just dead in the water. Um, it no longer recovers itself, because it just D-Digivolves. Um... Or, crap. Uh, I mean, like, I get, I get what you're, what you're getting at. Like, uh, the like... D Digivolve, yeah, the D Digivolve basically takes away a lot of the opponent's aggression. It's just like, okay, you have your mega, you built up, you did your thing, cool. D Digivolve, whatever you just did didn't matter. By the way, I'm killing you. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, that's what part of making Alphamon so good. Um is just uh, that ability to interact and respond on cracked back. Almost um, passively, you know? I mean, but this is where, like, uh, meta starts taking play and, like, play style in how you're approaching the matchup. So it's just, like, as a Magna X player, uh, you probably don't want to necessarily raise... Um, you don't want to use your Magna X. Um, it, it might sound really bad to do, but, like, if, you're, if that card is... Yeah, if, if you're just slowing yourself down by using that card versus trying to be more aggressive and trying to push the response earlier um then like that's something as a player you have to acknowledge uh and this is kind of why i like um black war Greymon is because like he kind of takes advantage of this by popping the opponent's tamers before they start actually gaining more value off of their tamers and then you're still gonna have to respond to him um yeah. I mean, granted, like, you still did Digivolve and then whatever you just did didn't matter, but, like, now just the fact that I could pop your Tamers and uh, try to control your field of whatever is there is still super relevant on being proactive enough to put them off their game plan, because now, what if they don't have the ability to use their Tamers as efficiently because they're all gone? Um, and then you raise up your Alphamon, Digivolve into Alphamon, and then now you pass your turn because I choked you on memory? Like that's still kind of relevant. Um, yeah, that that is very relevant. Um, I actually, I know it. Black War Greymon does seem to be like the community's favorite deck that nobody plays. If that, like, it it's a great archetype fundamentally, but in practice, just isn't exactly what people wish it would be. Um, mostly because a lot of its interaction is reactive in nature. Um it does nothing if your opponent has nothing to interact with and doesn't necessarily have as great of a payout for its additional costed threats as a result. Um, 
but I still think that um, there is a niche to carve out as like potentially the best anti-meta deck um, outside of BL Star um, with a Black War Greymon, Black-based control element, just to kind of throw as much shit at the wall to see what sticks as humanly possible. Um, and genuinely good cards in the form of the promo Deltamon from the box topper. Um, so, uh, if anyone isn't aware, Black War Greymon is no longer Greymon Tribal. Um, if you are, you're just play War Greymon X. If you still want to play a, a War Gray, uh, Greymon Tribal deck, we are now just Black Red Dual Color Matters deck. Um, replacing out all the Agumon Greymon synergies with just two color and more like thematic tribal themes without explicitly being a tribal like cares about naming convection theme uh so the, the deltamon uh if it would digivolve into a composite which is, i think is just Chimeramon, um or a multiple color digimon reduce that cost by two fantastic effect to have on a level four because all of your level fives are expensive. Uh, now, I know last format it was kind of argument or an argument as far as which level five was supporting the BT8 Metal Greymon. Um, Mega Dramon kind of solved that argument. Again, we don't care as much about not being Greymon or Chimeramon tucking additional sources. Like it's it's just Mega Dramon uh, costs four, which is expensive just like Metal Greymon is, but has an equally relevant effect to delete an opponent's Digimon or Tamer with a play cost of three or less, almost exclusively targeting Tamers in this format, um, or Commandermons if people are trying to flood the board. Um, and that's a not discounted ability. Um, I really depends upon the board state, but as far as this deck dealing specifically with Alphamon, I think it's, it's pretty uh, well positioned to at least check it better than it checks the other OTK decks. I think it's a unique situation where it is better against the best deck than it is the second best deck. Yeah, because like even if they de-digivolve your Mega, like your level 5 will still have Blocker based on your level 4. The two-color synergy and Tamer removal is super important. Uh, it's, it's just a really... It's in a good position uh, for a change. Well... You won't have blocker unless you have Greymon and you're running fewer Greymons. Uh you also No, you're still running you're still running four Greymons. That's like the most important card in the whole deck. Deltamon. Uh out Yeah, so you have Deltamon and you have Greymon. Uh yeah. those are your primary level fours, and then you're probably just gonna be running either Monochromon or um no, not Monochromon. Cyclomon. Cyclomon. Uh or Cyclomon as your uh third level four. Uh I think I don't no, remember. Raymon is too Raymon is too important to not run in uh, any Black War Raymon deck. I mean I'll just pull I will I will fight you right now on that one. The blocker is the whole point of like half of the abilities that he has on his higher stages. It's just like reboot. Why why does Goemon have reboot? Because he wants the blocker to be paired up with it so that way you could swing. Hey, two checks, restand, reboot, blocker. Beautiful. This is what Black loves doing. Um, same type of a deal with um, Metal Greymon and Black War Greymon. 
cool. Let me swing into your Digimon, delete it. Oh, now it's on suspense. Hey, blocker. Like that, it the whole line does is supported and centered around having blocker for both of them. Well, so I don't completely disagree with that. Um, my line of thinking is at least in regards to Black or Greymon, um, the situations where you lose your like you de digivolve instead of blocker, you still lose, you just don't lose that turn because what the hell do you do next turn? So Okay, you block or you can. It dies. Well, if you're like ideally, you want to try to like build a sub stack in raising to be able to like make another fast uh, level six to be able to deal with the opponent's level six that they are then like we're dealing with. I don't. I don't want to like uh, dig too too much into the specifics, but because it does kind of sound like your win con is having two level sixes or two stacks because you need a black war graymon slash galmon out and then a level four or level five in raising which is a lot to ask that's that's actually that's not that unreasonable to be honest like you still do have those like tempo tools um because you do have maki that's basically the new nokia that's also mm -hmm. searching you cards um to help reduce the stuff um so like if you like move out like, you want to move out earlier, which lets you build a second one earlier as well. So you want to move out on your level 4, digivolve into your level 5, pop the opponent's tamer, then digivolve into your level uh, 6, pop more tamers or their Digimon, uh, pending board state. Mm -hmm. And then in the meantime, next turn, while they're trying to figure out how to deal with your level 6, you get to start raising another one right away. Mm -hmm. So... And even if you stop on your level 5... Um, and there's again unable to deal with the level five. Uh, then you just hatch, raise, go into your level six, do your stuff while you're building another stack because you just put a rookie there. So you do have to kind of like read the situation, uh, pending matchup, uh, which is the fun part because that's where the skill kicks in. Hmm. There is a lot more interaction with this deck than most others. Um, though I guess the the following point, I guess resigned to that. The, the blocker is really good into Alphamon. This deck is uniquely positioned to check Alphamon more so than other decks. It It's way worse against the others. Significantly worse. Almost laughably worse. <laughs> um, because they don't run three-cost tamers, so you can't kill them. Well, I mean, you can still kill a four-cost tamer even with your Black War Gray, and you can still deal damage. Like, yeah. it's doing other things. It's just, it's just yeah, so, it's not as yeah. good because you're more relying on killing their tamers more so than their Digimon, and if their tamers are four-cost, then you're SOL half the time. I guess, yeah, like, my... Because you also have no means of... Because you don't run Chumon... Um, I mean, you could run Chumon. Your black base, you have at least like a free rookie that you could do whatever. It's you either want with. Chumon or Chikurimon. Chikurimon being the more relevant, like, example. Um, so, really, because Alphamon, Blue, and Green, I think all just deal with rookies. It's you know, I, I know we talked covered it a while ago, but like, level three memory blockers are just kind of not in a great spot because they're usually passively removed or like in passing removed um yeah there's still just a lot of removal for them and in they general. count they it's just a rookie sitting there waiting to get dexmond in in other matchups 
just a passive minus three cost to Dexmon. Um, the, but, so, yeah, this deck kind of gets run over by green and blue. Um, so maybe not blue as much. Like, I mean, they have to, they have to have a bounce option. Otherwise blue might get stuck. Uh, I, the, well, actually, no, it won't. Cause like they eat the blocker once and then it just means that they have to get luckier on the following swings. And that's assuming you have blocker because your only means of blocker is Greymon and if you like you're not searching for it you either just have it or you don't and you can't even you're not going to run well yeah Agumon's your only real searcher yeah Agumon's your only real searcher for it blocker you're not running searcher Agu yeah you are uh why uh because he's still relevant you're still playing metal Greymon in all decks you're still playing um Greymon uh, in all decks, and you're still playing Black or Greymon in all decks, so he's still good. Fine, stupid text. Uh, yeah, add a Greymon and a Dragonkin. Yeah, so, so like if you're running Cyclomon, like this is where it's like running Cyclomon over Monochromon. If you're running the Agumon, kind of helps. So like there is some skill in deck building the deck too. Uh, you could you could do without the Agumon, but now you're down a rookie searcher to do something with. So I don't necessarily know if I, I think 100% the only, agree with the that. Only th- the only thing I would go back to is just that um, playing rookie searchers is, is almost like the lowest, slowest form of searching. Um, not really. I it's think not, this one's not as bad, not that bad, but you're already slower than like the OTK decks. Then... Well, I mean, paying three for a memory boost and three for a rookie to draw one card is literally the same transaction. It's just one you have a body, and the other you don't. Because all of this also assumes you're ahead of the tempo. So if, like, if you're, if they are on their combo turn before you have a Black War Greymon, it doesn't matter. I mean, um, yeah, you're using your rookies early game to try to find your pieces. You're not trying to use them late game to find the things that you need before you die because you're just going to die otherwise. Like you either have it or you don't. Yeah. So it's like you do it you do it when it's most opportune and that's mostly in the early game. And if it helps you build your two stacks, boom, there you go. So, yeah, just the many weaknesses of a deck that is decidedly out of the top 4. Um well, I mean, not all decks have access to Tamer digging. Like, not all of their Tamers dig, and you won't see them all of the time, and that's not everything any deck is always going to be using. Like, yes, Tamers to dig is probably better than Rookies to dig, um, but not all decks have access to that, so they have to play with well, the tools that they're given. It's not even just Tamers to dig. It's Tamers to dig that also do something else, right? Like, ta- like example being direct comparison, Coda cost 4, on play, find a piece, find a combo piece, as well as is Memory Tamer. Yeah, uh, but Black War Greymon doesn't have a tool like that. The closest thing that they have is I'm Maki. Saying. Direct comparison. They're, they play their their Tamer. That... Well, like, the the other thing, like, you're, I think the thing, the oversight is the fact that there's the body on the field. That is the other thing. It's just like, okay, you searched for three. Same thing with Memory Boost. You searched for three. Memory Boost the other thing is you pop it to gain two. Mm-hmm. The the rookie that you searched with 
is a rookie. It is a body to start climbing to do other things with. So that that is the the counterpoint to your direct comparison. It's just like, yes, tamers are better and more efficient when you actually have access to them because of just the safetyness of tamers. But again, not all decks have that, so they have to play with what they do have. I was going to make that direct comparison because it's not a direct comparison. I was going to... So even amongst the actual OTK decks, um, Coda costs four, searches for combo piece, is memory tamer. Mimi costs four, is memory tamer. No searching. Some consistency with raising, if you have two of them, that's an extra swing, or if one of them, you just get an, a single extra draw. But outside of that, so Coda finds combo piece, Mimi does not. Um, Davis finds combo piece, searches for three, not four. Um, and so it's like, I guess, Coda being A tier, Searcher, Memory Tamer, Mimi being like C tier, Davis being the halfway mark. Because um, at least it finds a card, a blue card, um, out of the top three. Um, so... I mean, it's yeah, just... like, when, when you're going tamer to tamer, like, yes, that or red like... does not, red and, like, red and other black decks just don't have access to a good tamer digger, which is why Izzy was so highly valued for a while, because at least he could cost three as a memory-fixing tamer and break the top, even though he's not directly drawing you cards. Um, red doesn't have anything like that. Purple kind of really doesn't have anything with that. That's why Matt is held in such high regards, is because, like, He's the closest thing because purple likes to fill up its trash and Matt tries to use that to its benefit. Mm -hmm. um, the other yellow has TK, yeah, uh, TK search pulls through security. the security. Security so, like... memory is relevant to something I really lack when I play other decks. I really enjoy knowing exactly what's in my security, at least four fifths of my security. Yeah, and that's kind of why I still think like yellow hybrids is still in a really powerful position because it's the best deck to use TK. Uh, while using Zoe to help find its parts and pieces on top of the fact that it's a Tamer-based deck that actually has a more aggressive game plan now that Jet Zilfi is gone and not trying to actively stall the game out. Mm. Um, just to, to make it the other one. Uh, the other comparison to be made is, you know, what is a Tier tier 1 deck versus what is not a Tier 1 deck, and the reasons thus so. Uh, cool Boy plays for 2, searches top 3, sees a combo piece and an option card again uh unless you're blue you're not seeing that uh but um so for the purposes of alphamon just all three are any one of the three combo pieces are valid um and then on a later turn gains you one memory and draws you one card uh maki costs three also sees three um can add a tapper mon and a two color digimon with black um, but it's pretty realistically just seeing you one card, and even then Tappermod is not a combo piece, so it doesn't matter that it sees an extra card in that regard. And then it reduces the Digivolution cost by one, so it's effectively the same as gaining one memory, but it doesn't uh, draw you a card. So costs one more, and gives you one less card. So it's more expensive and worse. I mean, 
yeah, like we that's why we already know why like Alphamon is tier one definitively is because of all of the searching tools and memory efficiency and all that. We we just went over that. I know. Um like, and that's why do. like all of these decks are tier two at best is because they're just not as efficient in terms of like how they're playing the game compared to the tier one decks. It's I'm... just like Greymon is like a fan favorite, but like he is worse than Metal Guru because he doesn't have as good as consistency when it comes to being able to line up certain like its big power plays. Even though I do think uh, Greymon has a better average uh, damage output uh, and still does have good consistency, it's just not as efficient as Blue. And it's moving one stage slower than Blue because Blue wants to aggress with its level 5 versus its level 6. Level 5 that is susceptible to dying in security. That's my biggest, like... Yeah, but the Inheritables give it pseudo-jamming, where red, well, the DP still matters, and you're just less afraid of the options, which there's less options. So maybe you can clarify something for me, because I am probably mistaken in my assessment of this interaction. Um, are you swinging with a level 5 that has... Yes. That already has a Sagittarius mode underneath... No. Well, because no. if you don't have a Sagittarius mode underneath, you don't have pseudo jamming. You just die. Uh, no, you do. With from what? The level four. The level four that draws you a card. No, the, the level, level four, four X antibody. X-y. Okay, okay. There it has go. the same ability. That's why, like, the Sagittarius is important enough because you could digivolve on top of the wear into Sagittarius, the new uh, upgrade one, gain a second instance of that ability. So that way, when you swing with Sagittarius, go into... Um, okay, yeah, you have like uh, a single instance of jamming per level, so at four and at five. Uh, and you're three. Oh, yeah, yeah, the three works too. Okay, I get you. Um, yeah, so you have uh, a, a maximum of three instances of jamming. Um, which, and... if you're climbing each stage and each time you're climbing makes them stronger means that you're going to need that jamming a little bit less and less on top of the DP boosts that you're already going to be running in the deck to help, you know, him so, be able to live. So jamming, relevant, uh, hitting option cards falls flat because you just die because that's not dying to battle. That's would be delete by card effects. Yeah, but I think a lot of people are going to adapt the delicate plan because you're mm -hmm. already drawing like a truck. And you already and, have pseudo jamming. Um, you already have pseudo jamming, correct? So it's just like, and you have the red blue tamer that cares about hand size, which because you're blue, you're gonna always have a high hand count. Mm -hmm. um, it just, it just is a card that just makes sense to to include. So it's like between that um, and um, Davis, like you should realistically be set with your tamers to be able to handle a wide variety of situations, which is what makes it borderline tier one tier 1.5 is because like it, it just has a lot of tech and tools to be able to handle various different situations where something like War Greymon is kind of more binary it just has one thing but it's doing its one thing very well uh but it's a little bit slower because of those consistency issues that it just doesn't have versus something like blue and davis mm. um and that's why, like, Gallantmon, while it's pretty good, he also has his own set of issues because he's in red, and you're still relying on very specific interactions to draw you cards. 
And even though it is better card draw, um, making him one of the better red decks, it still sometimes just isn't good enough. Yeah. Like, I think Gallantmon... Gallantmon's, like, unfortunate because obviously it's it's a popular enough Digimon, popular enough line that it sees consistent support, but it's always, like, just slightly worse. It's, you know... I think he's just playing one meta behind. Like, I think where um, the X antibody is now would be really good in the BT8 meta and EX2 meta. Yeah. Um, which is the unfortunate part. He just he feels like he's just designed for one meta too or or too slow. Yeah, he's like he's like the Venusaur of like the different like starters. Like he just for some reason worse. Like I'm sorry if it's your favorite, but like it's it's just not there. Um, like the problem with Gallimon is he's removal based and he's playing off of that. But like, if you're just hiding Digimon and raising, then it just doesn't matter. Yeah, it's the, I mean, it's it's just the spiel the spiel I went around when I was talking about all the inheritables for the greens from EX2, like oh, delete an opponent's Digimon and raising a threshold to delete Digimon. But okay, but you there aren't any. So what do you do? The only yeah, like the only benefit is if you're somehow lucky enough to live through uh getting your security checked and they have a mega out. You could make warp plays and make like some really insane crackback turns, uh, but that's relying too much on living through an OTK. Um. Yeah. Uh, we we definitely got a decent host of them. We didn't get all of them. Obviously, there's still like probably another like hours worth of discussion on like the rest of the competitive, not tier one, but definitely seeing tournament play level. Um. And I guess how those decks respond to the top three, four-ish decks. Um, but we are running out of time. So in the advent of ending on a more lighthearted note, um, favorite alt art of this set? Uh, oh, God. I Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say... Alpha, uh, it's it's a tie between Merciful Mode and Alpha Oriukin. Like, like those Merciful two alt darts are. I kind of do. I don't. I don't not like Merciful Mode. I guess I have no connection to Merciful Mode as a character. It it's just a thing. Uh, I feel like they just kind of pull Omnimons out of their ass. Like I I don't know why it's that. I don't know what makes it Merciful. Um, other uh, than the blue I, lines. I would tell you, but that's that would take too long. Uh, so, me having no connection to the character, and looking at the card, and it being okay at best, and probably one of the worst SRs you could pull, makes me not like it. Especially if I got an alt art of it, I guess. Basically, I'm like, oh man, this is a great card to, that looks okay, but it's, it's I'm never going to get to play it. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah. Like, there's a lot of really good alt arts in this set, though. Like, I think the worst one... Uh, not to switch tones. I think the worst one is Magna X. I hate the look of that alt art. I think his normal art is way better. Um, but yeah, uh, Merciful Mode, I think, looks gorgeous. And Oryukin looks really fire. That's actually funny. It's not here. It's not on DigimonCard.dev. I was like, what do you mean? I, and I'm looking, and it's literally not here. Magna just look X. on TCG Player. Um, yeah, don't, just don't look too hard. <laughs> don't look too hard. Um, I guess my favorite... Uh, 
probably be... I, yeah, because I feel like it's a cop-out to say Dexmon. I really do like the Dexmon alt art as compared to its regular art. Um, I think it's different enough to be cool, especially as a secret. Um, whereas, like, Oriyukin, I feel like it, it's not distinct enough to me. Um, but still, Galmon's... Actually, Galmon X. Galmon X alt art's fucking wild. Is is like... I would just love to have that in my deck if I ever could play a deck that included Gallimon X. Yeah, but um, even though we are coming up, like, as a good closure, even though we are coming up uh, in OTK-based format, um, there's still just a wide variety of decks that you could play. There's still lots of room for experimentation um, to try to figure out how to beat OTK decks. Um like just hitting on just spitballing some other decks that you could play, even though they might not be like tier one. Uh play towards your meta is always important. Uh but Machine Dramon keeps getting support. Uh Bielzamon, he got the new update card that might make him a little bit better. Uh you still have Mother D Reaper, which you could tech in a wide variety of different ways, depending on the sub packaging colors. Uh you still have green hybrids, which is good. You still have Cherubimon, which is another hybrid based deck, which is again really good, just trying to gain passive memory and chip out. Um, you have like just a lot of various other decks, uh, Sakuyamon, Lord Nightmon, uh, Justimon. Um, I, I'm just really happy that Digimon, um, has a whole bunch of really fun and interesting decks. Um, and I'm curious to see how people are going to take to the BT9 meta. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm at least hopeful that the, uh, competitive landscape isn't entirely skewed in a single direction, namely being Oriukin. Um, its success in Japan has me a little bit concerned that it'll just be like Blue Hybrid of BT7 or Gabu Bond of EX2. Um, Watch as they hit Alphamon the rare. Watch um, as they hit the Alphamon rare for Japan. Just be like, yep, get rid of that card. Now you have to work harder. Yeah, honestly, that'd be funny. Um, because the secret kind of makes other decks more viable in answering it, um, as opposed to the, yeah, the, the, the rare, um, but even though, like, the actual, uh, top toppings may be a little one-sided, uh, but that's to, to no one's, it has kind of always been the case in Digimon that the best deck is best enough to where it's if you want to win 100% it is usually correct to play that deck or at least learning that deck to then play that deck um but you don't have to um and i think there are enough tier 1 adjacent decks not necessarily tier 1 um that he won't necessarily be seeing the same deck every uh time at the other end of the table hopefully um and if you want to learn and especially because it gives you a fair understanding of the matchup because while your opponent has to learn alpha into whatever you can just kind of learn alpha your deck into alpha mon or your deck into alpha and where guru and then uh grandis and that'll solve most of your tournament matchups as long as you maintain winning um Obviously, as you start to lose, you may fall into more tier 1.5, tier 2 territory. Um, but 
um, there's at least the opportunity for you to out-deck your opponent, you know? Just, just being a better master of the cards that you do have access to, even if they're not as optimal, you know? Yep. So, so I hope uh, everyone has a good uh, BT9 release day. Uh, I wish everyone luck on any early events that they're going to be playing in. Um, and that is going to be a good closing statement for this episode. Thank you, everyone, who stayed this long to watch it. I know this is probably going to be on the longer side, so I want to thank everyone again. Yep. Thanks for sticking around.